no. What's up with that, bro? It's the podcast where we are watching the TV show Lost in reverse order. That's from the last episode all the way back to the first episode in that order with uh, one of our hosts, Chad Wago. He's never seen Lost before. Uh, that That is correct, David K. Jones. I have never watched Lost before, and uh, I definitely haven't watched it where we had to go backwards. <laughs> uh, That's right. We do that. Yeah. Uh, and we do that with our <laughs> other co-host, AJ Nieves. Yo, everybody. Welcome to the show. Um, I, we, this week, we're actually considering season two, and the episode is entitled SOS. Um, now general synopsis, Rose is opposed to Bernard's plan to create an SOS sign. Jack and Kate propose a trade with the others. Um, Rose is opposed, <laughs> and Jack and Kate propose. <laughs> this 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 summary. Good job, summary writer. Yeah. yeah, they just went like, let's keep it short and sweet, you guys, this week. I wish they said something about toast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't find out about that for a few more weeks. Uh-huh. Um, great episode. Jumping right in, this felt so thick and syrupy. It was really laying on the sweet, and yeah. I was there for every moment of it this was a well-plotted episode a lot of good story uh it was my first experience uh having a uh rose and bernard centered episode Ah. uh because previous to this they were just the guys that lived in the cabin and had the dog right that's right yeah holy shit that's right oh man do we not get another bernard and rose episode after this ever no No, uh the only other moment that they had other than being in the mountain and knowing that uh, the flashes of light mean time travel. The only other moment that we get with them is Rose uh, trying to get Bernard to not go and try and fire at the bombs. Oh, yeah. That's right. And, and Bernard's like, ah, oh, but they gave me a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And even then, it wasn't. It, there was some Rose and Bernard stuff, but we, we didn't get a chance to delve into their backstory um, and, until tonight. It's... I really dig this episode because a lot of the epi- a lot of the series we see a lot of um, I don't know what you'd say I, I wouldn't I don't want to class it as like young love but there's this is a more mature love that's blossoming 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 on this episode um, between the two and I don't know I was I was there for it I really like that like there's something different about older love like or people that are of a certain age that fall in love what do you guys think I I think that kind of stuff is nice uh, when. Bernard proposed to Rose. One of the things that he said was, I've been a bachelor for 56 years. And, I mean, first off, I kind of feel like the first, I don't know, 18? I don't think that you call yourself a bachelor yet. (laughs) I I like to call children bachelors. Unless they're married. (laughs) Well, well, we should say at least like the first 12. (laughs) I don't think that they should be bachelors or old maids yet. Oh, it's so good. Like he, <laughs> prior to that, he was just slaying pussy in the womb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gross. But yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting to see like an older love story. Most of the time, when you see that, uh, the timelines are always a little bit accelerated because they're older people. Uh, they know what they want, and uh, they know that uh, you know they don't have like an overabundance of time. Uh, and what we find out in this episode is there's even less time for Bernard and Rose because Rose got cancer. Yeah. yeah. This this episode could have been... 
I think it could have been really eye rolly. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's like, oh, there's a, you know, she, there, there's a, there's an older couple. The wife is suffering with cancer. It seems almost like a Korean drama storyline, <laughs> but it works. I mean, I, I I'm, I, I'm into it. Um, they, I, th I think that one of the things that stops it from being eye rolly is that Rose is really dignified. Oh yeah, yeah. even the. Um, the actor, I don't have his name here present, but the actor that plays Bernard, that dialogue, the, the, the scenes that was written for him, it could have made him a polarizing character. He's kind of just barking out orders throughout the episode. But there's something engaging about this, about this dentist, about this man, you know, like... Uh, or, this man of action. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, he, he's, he's saying a lot of things that might be a little, uh, that could put, put folk off, I guess, I don't know. That's the term, but like, um, but then you know, you still want to root for him because he's he's doing this and he's motivated. His motivation is to get his wife off of this island or get them back to civilization and all this other stuff. Yeah, we get a chance to see that that's just how Bernard is built. He's a he's a man of action or a doer. I find I, I find that kind of interesting too. But um, that he always has to do something. Yeah. Yeah, he, he he was in a very different place than Rose was. Rose has a, had already accepted her fate, seemingly from even before the marriage took place. Yeah, that was kind of that was, that was, that was interesting. We also get a, a good a, a good examination of what it is to 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 put faith in something. Because mm -hmm. faith, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if um, if Rose had faith of that nature, but she you know she she is. She basically was, uh, um, yeah, she had her own viewpoint and, and her own slot of how life was going to go. You can kind of see, well, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that takes place. And they, they kind of move us through Rose and, and Bernard start kind of quickly. They, they meet, they, they date, they get married. And also, too, Bernard has these, has these plans in mind, which he doesn't include Rose on from the beginning. You know, he, he, brings, them, he brings her to Australia under the pretense that they're going to have a honeymoon, which they do. But he hasn't explained to her that he's, he's actually doing all this stuff on the side, you know, to, to get her to see this faith healer and, and all this stuff. But it's all stuff that's unbeknownst to, to her. Yeah, you kind of see that. That that felt a little real. You see that in a lot of in certain relationships. I could kind of I could kind of identify with some of that stuff. Or maybe like the you know one partner isn't being totally honest of, of whatever plans they have in the works and thinking that their mate might just be on board. Or maybe on some level Bernard probably knew that she wouldn't have been on board because she was she had already made her peace. He might have been able to sense that, but he wasn't willing to be in agreement with her fate. And so he needed to do something. When uh, he lets her know about uh, why they went to Australia to find the faith healer and the outback and everything, uh, what I thought was kind of interesting was uh, she told him basically she's already accepted her fate uh, and he says that he can't. He can't just accept it. He has to try and do something. And then he tells her, can you do something? Can you do this for me? And I thought that that's uh, it's an interesting thing to say. It's like I kind of feel like it's a very selfish thing to say mm -hmm. because you know someone who is going through cancer and this uh, Rose also establishes this is her second go round. Uh, she had cancer, went into remission, and then it came back. So uh, 
she's already had to reconcile that with herself twice. And he's asking her to open up for a possibility of something different again, which means that if it doesn't work, she would have to reconcile it with herself three times that she's going to die. And that that's uh, it's a super hard thing to do. Uh, like I'm not speaking from experience or anything, but just I I I would assume that that's a super hard thing to do. Yeah, my, most definitely. Um, it's it's incredible because we we uh, we see that they're willing to try. I, I I like that I like that interpretation a whole lot. I, I read it a little differently too because at this point. They're married, and she had already made her peace, and he is asking her something. He's asking for something. He's asking her for something hard for her to do. Like you said, she's already made this reconciliation um, twice, you know, in 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 this lifetime, um, and and he's asking her to to try again to you know to to not give up. And both of their, I think, both of their points are kind of valid from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't want to waste the time that they have left. Um, but he doesn't want that to be the only thing that they share. But, yeah, like, you can imagine, like, fighting to the last bit where, you know, he's still trying to find her some help. Even while she's on her last, her last living days, that's, yeah, that, that, that seemed a little, that seemed a little, yeah, it seemed very hard. I think yeah, I think I, I can see both sides of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah but then, it, you know, like, I could, I could see it. From from Rose's perspective too, um, and and it's it's interesting because we get a, a few couple arguments in in this one between Rose and Bernard, and there those are arguments that you could see that there's a lot of uh, life experience between the two, or at least it seemed that it was written that way, because even their arguments when they when they start to argue, I noticed that like uh, Bernard kind of kind of deflects and says excuse me i'm gonna go and build my sign when their when their arguments get to a boiling point and then um and at another point where where bernard kind of says you know he says what he says to her like oh if i didn't do what i if i wasn't if i didn't do anything then you wouldn't be here and then she instead of engaging further in the argument just walks away i feel like that's yeah that's like some life experience stuff young people would yeah, that's a much more it. mature way to deal with arguments. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in a way, but also like just walking away from an argument. Yeah. And not dealing with the issue is not necessarily the most mature thing to do. Fair, yeah. But it's better than losing your tempers. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a fair point. You brought up when he said, uh, if I wasn't, uh, if I didn't uh, always have to do things, which is what she did, threw at him, is that he always has to do stuff. He, he said, if I didn't always have to do things, you wouldn't be here. And uh, the way that uh, the line reading was done, I think, and the way that the episode is set up, he's saying that, like, the faith healer saved your life. You would be dead if not I, and if uh, I didn't feel like that was something that we had to do. Uh, however, in alternate reading of that line... If I didn't always have to do something, you wouldn't be here. He's the one that made them go to Australia. Right. And it was the flight back from Australia that crashed. That. Yeah. yeah, holy shit, yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know if it was something where they decided to make it, uh, where he's throwing it at her, that he's the one that saved her life. 
if that was a choice by the director, if that was a choice by the actor, because the other reading of it where he's feeling guilty mm. that they're stuck here because of his idea is another I is like that would be just as big a motive a motivator as anything else to want to try and get off the island. Yeah. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think that's that's the great thing about that line because it has layers to it. Where mm-hmm. it's because he could even the way that he said it, he could still in that moment have realized it because there was that awkward pause after he said it when they both heard what he said. Oh, like he said it as sort of a, a Freudian slip kind of yeah. thing, where he's just like, now that I've said that, I realize that this is my fault. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of also why she had to walk away at that moment because she was like, oh yeah, right here, the place where. It, that cured my cancer, but I feel weird telling you that right now, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna walk away. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I really loved that scene uh, that she had later, where uh, you know she clues in the audience mm. that the island cured her cancer by talking to Locke about his leg, right? Because it also positions the two of them as kindred spirits, right? Yeah, where they've both been healed by the island. Yeah, most definitely. I'm so happy that we got that scene too. Another thing that this episode does is it, it, it couches this this discussion that you can have or not have, depending on how you want to interact with it. But I feel like it's worth mentioning, is we have these two people, we have these two viewpoints represented in Rose and Bernard, and then it's also it also ties into like a, an old philosophical argument that a lot of people that are that that are familiar with a lot of different philosophical views kind of tie in, which is the idea of determinism versus free will Mm -hmm. is everything predetermined or do we have a measure of free will i don't know if the free will part was represented too much but i felt a strong pull in the determinism argument that kind of comes up in this episode was it determined that she would always be cured of this cancer because she was always going to be at the island or always going to be on the island is it the actions of bernard Bernard's choice of free will to bring them to Australia to get her fixed and then eventually bring her to the island, which it solves her solves right. her issue for real. So I feel like that's another another discussion yeah. that's kind of couched within the episode, or, the idea of that. There's also the thing, we had that episode where Jacob went and visited all the different people that were candidates and, and entered their lives and affected them so that they would end up coming to the island. So I wonder if he had anything to do with them Either giving Rose cancer or being one of the three people that called Bernard and told him to go to Australia. Ooh, Ooh I didn't yeah. even think about that. That is gorgeous. That is wonderful. That goes right in there. And I don't even remember if we even seen their last name in the cave, right? Or, or We need person. to make a list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I just need to p- take a picture of it and blow it up and stick it on the wall so we can check when yeah. it happens. <laughs> that <laughs> that, that would actually back. be great yeah. <laughs> if you put that on the wall. Uh, just because it would be like it's the list on the wall in our cave, yeah. our podcast cave. <laughs> oh shit! To the pod cave. <laughs> so, what do you? If you guys had to come down on either side or on neither side, what would you say is the determining factor for this couple? Is it determinism or is it free will? That I, th- I think that the show is all about determinism, honestly. Yeah. From the yeah, well, I I agree with you because like um, from the start they're all brought to the island for a purpose um, to come and work out their shit so one of them can be the leader of the island, and um, I think it says something that we get the most innocent one who takes up that mantle at the end of the series. But 
uh, in this particular case, we do get a chance to see this play out. It's, it's um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I would, I would probably fall on the side of determinism too, uh, based on what we've known of the show so far. A lot of this is predetermined stuff by some forces that that these individuals are not directly in control of. It's you know, so they're they're being influenced or whatever. But besides influence, there seems to be like a heavy tide of of uh, predetermined items that come about and we kind of already know this because histories have been written for some and for some characters that we already know history has been written with them a part of their own past like people getting sent back to the 70s and all this stuff it's all things that's that's already occurred it's already happened the incident and all that yeah i think the show it's not just predeterminism because like a lot of it's like the thing of it jacob's behind the scenes making people come to the island which is like the predetermined part but then how people act when they get there Shows a lot about who they are, you know, as 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 the candidates, and also just on their own journeys to find uh, redemption or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that you know, at the end of this episode, where uh, it just shows all of the couples and also Sawyer and the dog, I think that it was this is Bernard reaching his point of uh, what the island needed him to fulfill mm-hmm. uh, is just for him to be able to just be instead of having right. to do yeah. mm-hmm. because uh, you know the next time we see him after the uh, the gun stuff mm-hmm. is just the two of them living together he's yeah. chilling yeah like both of them are chilling they they end the series with this this couple alive and well at the end which they get a happy ending which is very odd for the show because don't of, they get know. a happy ending because they're not main characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. They so they live out a like whatever life that they have left to live out on this island alongside Vincent, um, who we all know gets the keys to the island after Hurley's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but goddamn, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's nice, and it's also um, it kind of puts those uh, those later scenes in a different perspective too, because you already know that this is an older couple, but I had forgotten that. They were married just five months after meeting, and and when they're already both pretty, oh, they they they're kind of newly, newlyweds based yeah. on what we know about them, right? So they are just coming back from their honeymoon. Hell when they yeah! Crash on the island. Yeah, yeah, and even even if they haven't, uh, even if they were not able to go on the honeymoon immediately after they got married, still most people do it within the first year. Yeah, yeah, most people do, yeah. I don't think I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's still time left. Yeah. Could happen. Yeah. Probably won't. But it could. Yeah. That's why we need to start that Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in addition to this wonderful storyline about mm-hmm. Rose and Bernard with so much depth and nuance, we also get uh, Kate and Jack going into the fucking jungle and yeah. getting stuck in a net. <laughs> getting caught up in yeah. a net, baby. That was some. That that must have been some fan service shit back in the uh, <laughs> in the early aughts for this show. Because uh-huh. like people are like, put them in a fucking net, you guys. Let's do this. I don't think anybody wanted that, but they were in such close proximity. You see, like the yeah, the whole time where uh, Kate is trying to get the gun yeah. out of. Uh, uh, Jack's pants. Uh, that that's not a metaphor. It was actually a gun. Uh, the entire time, I'm just thinking to, to myself. So they're gonna make out, right? That's how this ends. Yeah. And no, we don't even get that. No, we, we don't. We don't get no. that. We we just get them 
Oh, bumping faces, a punch. Yeah. <laughs> Even when they when they fall, when the they Jack shoots the rope and they fall down, and she lands on top of him, like that's the that's the classic moment to mm-hmm. start making out. And still nothing. She she giggles about something. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, what did you guys make of these uh, the the Jack and Kate scenes? I feel like those are kind of nice and opposed to what we get in in the um, in Bernard and Rose. Because uh, they're not crazy young, but you know they're still they're still young enough to be considered young folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the thirties or whatever. Yeah, and uh, this didn't delve as deeply into the melodrama of the mm-hmm. uh, relationship quadrangle as usual, which it did touch on because uh, when we first see Kate in this episode, she's helping Sawyer get uh, I don't know oysters, barnacles. Yeah. It looked like yeah, something like oysters. Like oysters, I think. Yeah, Clams? He cracks one open later and gives it to the dog, so. <laughs> but uh, they, they are collecting some sort of shell- shellfish. Yeah. And uh, they're having a nice moment with uh, uh, Sawyer teasing her, as Sawyer does. Yeah. And then Jack's like, hey, come with me. Go into the jungle. And then Sawyer's just like, nah, I'm good. And he's like, wouldn't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, this is the the Jack. Let me holler at you, see. This kind of the uh, you know the school dance, and then the other guy walks up, and is like, "Can I can I dance with your group?" <laughs> mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, I, I guess so. Oh, yeah. If if we were to go back to the flashback story, I, I pulled up our names for our actors of tonight, which is Rosen Bernard, um, played respectively by L. Scott Caldwell and Sam Anderson. I feel like. Uh, Rose is, is is killing in this episode. There's those these scenes that we see her. She she they she walks into the faith healer's office or room or whatever, and it's it's a spectacle to see. A, a mini spectacle, but one nonetheless. It's yeah, it's, it's imp- like a serial killer's lair. <laughs> it does seem like that. Holy shit! It's a room filled with crutches hanging from the <laughs> ceiling. Which if he wasn't a faith healer, that'd be just like, do you just murder people that? That have problems walking. Yeah. <laughs> like, are are you just like the guy who's like preys on the slow and infirm? <laughs> Did oh, you yeah, write these way, children yeah. letters and throw them up on the wall yourself? He's just like, I'm gonna give you the chance to run away. Oh, you can't run. Murder time. <laughs> just how I like it. Call me Doctor Isaac. Um, yeah. It, this that scene where she meets with the faith healer who says that he can't do anything for her in that moment um you could see that she had she had made her peace and she had she had yelled and told bernard this and then decided to to have hope again on account of him or upon his request so she does and she meets with the faith healer. you can kind of see that she sees all the letters on the wall she sees the crutches hanging up and you can see this little glimmer of hope come back into her mind and then you can just see her it's it's played so quietly, but there's almost like this crestfallenness in 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 uh, what we get in Rose afterwards, where he says, "I can't help her, I'll help you," and then she just responds with, "Yeah, that sounds about right." Like you could see that she she is playing the disappointment so it was almost like you, you couldn't really see it. Like, she, but then you know you could kind of pick up a little bit. Oh, it was kind of nice to see. It was a uh, some good acting yeah. chops. Powerful. L. Scott Caldwell. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was awesome. Yeah, she did a really good job in that scene. And most of the scenes in the flashback, she has she has to cry or 
be close to crying, but she does a really good job the whole episode. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Like she holds, like you could see the tears welling up, but she doesn't go into full cry cry mode. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good scene. I, I was I was digging that. Yeah, like with that that faith healer, and then a few episodes ago we had the Echo episode where he goes and the uh, the girl's father is a a fake psychic. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how many like psychics and fake psychics and things there are in Australia. Is that like a like a magical place? <laughs> is there ley lines in Australia? Well, that that's what Isaac was saying. Yeah. That uh, you know this is a, a place of great power. And like a nexus of energies or some st- some right. stuff yeah. like that, so it's just like yeah, Australia. It's a magical place. <laughs> <laughs> I do like what we get in the Faith Healer. Um, we don't get a lot of time with him in this episode, but he pops up for a short bit. And um, like you're right, this show does have a lot of these charlatans that pop up, and um, and we get them a lot with some of these these passing characters like what we find in Isaac and uh, for a short bit in the Echo episode we get um, some of these other ones where uh, where, where different ones are, are taking advantage of others uh, for any kind of gain and whatever that and we yeah, we see there's a there's another there's a undercurrent of idea of a charlatan or charlatans being a thing and that comes back because the show puts forth all these these thoughts or these questions about what it is to what does it mean to be a person of faith? Or what does it mean to have faith? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to have... I don't think they make this distinction, but the right kind of faith. I don't think there is such a thing on the show as the right kind of faith. But you just see that people... The, the characters that we are, are watching on the show, they're... Uh, just like any kind of other human, they, they, they're having to, to render answers for these questions that they don't have themselves, but they're just kind of putting it together the best they can. All these things are kind of being... Um, they're kind of going in line with whatever their previous experience in this life was, and that's how they either, you know, form their their ideas or ideals of what faith is or what reason is or whatever. And I think what you're saying, like bad faith or the wrong kind of faith, it's like uh, the only person who really kind of gets punished for having faith and believing in something is is Ben when he he does all the stuff that everything Jacob ever asked him to. And Jacob, it's like, yeah, I don't care. And that's why he gets stabbed to death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jacob didn't care about it or didn't recognize the, the effort or whatever it was. Like, he wasn't rewarded for his faith. But I think maybe that was the issue is that he was doing it so that he would be yeah. rewarded yeah. rather than just doing it because he believed. Right. Yeah. He term. believed he would be rewarded. Yeah. Right. There's a term for that, right? Um, Selfish? Just desserts <laughs> or something. Or uh, moral dessert. That's actually covered uh, on a different show that we might be familiar with. <laughs> Um, but the idea of doing something... Are you talking would... about that show, Zumbo's Just Desserts on Netflix? Yes, Zumbo's Just Desserts. It's it a New Zealand about... show, not an Australian <laughs> New Zealand really knows that it comes to... <laughs> knows their stuff when it comes to moral dessert. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the... And um, yeah, you're right. Ben isn't rewarded for his service because apparently he is serving the island way longer than uh, anybody else that, yeah. that, we've, that we've known on the show. Um, and... and yeah, and still, all that stuff isn't rewarded. Or it's it's just, it's the idea of, you know, Jacob had his, didn't even have his own designs, but just put forth a plan to finding a, a successor, and then just still happened that his successor plans didn't involve Ben that much. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know, Jacob was raised on an island with just his mother and <laughs> his brother, so I'm sure his social skills weren't very great, so he didn't <laughs> realize that, oh, this is kind of a, a dick thing to do. 
yeah. to somebody. Yeah. To kind of make him my servant and then uh, blow him off. Yeah, and that has a lot of strong ties into a lot of biblical characters, which the show draws a lot of heavy inspiration from. The um, In the Old Testament, Moses was supposed to be someone that was supposed to be a faithful person to God and a servant of God. Um, he frees the Jews from the oppressive rule of uh, the Egyptians and takes them across the, uh, walks them across the Red Sea after splitting it with God's power. All this stuff. And carries out all these miracles, brings down the tablets of, of, of the Ten Commandments for, for, for God's people, uh, you know, if you're looking at it that way from the Bible standpoint. But in the end, uh, Moses doesn't make it into the Promised Land after wandering around for 40 years or whatever. Everybody else is able to go inside, but Moses ends up making a mistake. And, and then, you know, he's not allowed to go into the Promised Land alongside the, the rest of uh, uh of God's people, so no, it wasn't a mistake that caused the forty years of watering. It was a mistake of them, I believe. I don't know if I'm getting this right. It's been a while, but it's it's something along the lines of uh, when he had when he had came down from the mountain uh, with the tablets. They were worshiping a golden calf, which is mm -hmm. idolatry, and God was not cool with that. So I ended up, uh, I guess, having them wander instead of instead of getting straight into the promised land. And then at that time, I think there's a scripture in the Bible. Were the thing that doesn't the thing that that the thing that 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 keeps Moses from getting into the promised land is at one point I think uh, the 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 you know God's people that are with him are complaining that they don't have water they're tired of eating the manna and all this other stuff so he strikes a, a crag a rock with his staff and water pours pours out he says here have your water but doesn't give thanks to God and that's the thing that doesn't uh, get him into the promised land so it's something. Yeah, that's real Old Testamenty. Yeah, that's very Old Testamenty, right? Um, but these are echoes that we hear throughout the show, and we have it in in, in this character that we have in Ben. And and though he's not heavily present in this episode, he is kind of like an undercurrent force that is just is just kind of stewing in this room, which I I love what we got out of uh, out of out of that character, Michael Emerson, sitting in that room. Um, just being creepy as fuck. Yeah, because he's got those big bug eyes, and then they put all the, the makeup to make his face look all bruised up and everything. It yeah. makes him look extra creepy. Yeah, around this time, um, Michael Emerson hasn't been in a lot of things, and I think he ends up getting a lot of recognition for being on Lost. He was actually supposed to be a one-season character, but they liked what he was doing so much that they just had him present for the rest of the series. Prior to this, he was doing like a few minor roles, and... I, I remember seeing him He was in, like a body on Law and Order or something. <laughs> he probably was. I think he had played like maybe a, a psychopathic murderer on, on Law and Order. And that's how they 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 came to, to hear of him and they brought him on the show mm -hmm. um, to, to play this character, Henry Gale, which ends up becoming Ben Linus. There's also, I, I think Michael Emerson right before this was, this is like maybe around the same time or maybe right after um, the original Saw movie came out. And yeah. Michael Emerson is is in the Saw movie. Oh. He's not the killer, um, but he's like another, he's another one of Jigsaw's like uh, string em ups. Uh, but, but he's in there and he's creepy as fuck in that nice. too. But like... Did I ever tell you guys that I, I bought that on DVD and never saw it? The original song? Yeah. And then I um, let somebody borrow it before I watched it. <laughs> oh no. And then they never gave it back so I've still never seen the first song. <laughs> Have you seen any of the other songs? I've seen the second one, definitely. And then a couple others, random ones. Oh, I'm not sure which ones. I yeah, I, I think I remember just seeing the first one, but I know like a lot of people were really getting into the series. I, I never watched any of them because uh -huh. torture porn. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a little too gory 
for my taste, but I guess, you know, there's an audience for that. Yeah, I think it was because that was like the, the first real torture. It's what the first like popular one. Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, it was still new and cool at the time. Yeah, because like after that, didn't they have a bunch of others that kind of sprung up? Hostile. Yeah. Hostile? Fuck. I haven't seen that. I just remember yeah. hearing of it. And um, I don't know what else. Uh, the Hostile Hills too. have uh, and Hostile too. Yeah. Saw yeah. 3. Saw 3. <laughs> Saw. It's basically just the Eli Roth. Yeah. Yeah. Did they? Did he not? There was there not any subtitles for any of the subsequent Saw movies? It was just the number. I don't think there were. <laughs> it wasn't like Saw Four, back at it again or something. Two Saw Two <laughs> Sawyer. <laughs> two Saw Two Sawyer or <laughs> Saw Two the Sawing. <laughs> saw Three Saw goes to Hawaii or something like that. Saw goes Hawaiian. Uh, saw Four. Saw with a vengeance. <laughs> Saw in outer space. Uh, Saw goes to camp. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, we've got a lot of we we've got a little tangential, but like, um, but yeah, uh, Hostel is basically uh, Saw's European vacation. Because <laughs> that was like the second uh, National Lampoon, right? Holy European shit. vacation. I think so, or was it Christmas? I can't remember which one was which. But yeah. Is there is there a Christmas torture porn movie? There has to be. Um, there's got to be a bunch. There's like that snowman movie where there's a snowman serial killer. Yeah. And then there's um, Krampus that came out a couple years ago. Oh yeah. But that was like played for. I think yeah, it was, that's more of a monster movie than yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like for children or something, right? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it either, but it doesn't seem like it is. They got like yeah. only for naughty children. Yeah. Only for the naughtiest of children. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's um, Santa's sleigh. Which uh. was from Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> S-L-A-Y. Oh, my God. Uh, that uh, I wouldn't say that's really a torture porn movie. Yeah. It's more just like a straight-up slasher. I think it was. Hey, uh, speaking about torture movies and, and slasher films, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a part in that scene between Sawyer Kate and, and uh, Jack where Sawyer calls him Dr. Giggles. Are you guys familiar with that reference? I know it was a, also a horror movie. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's all I know about. I was about, about a it. dentist or not. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a horror movie from the 1990s about a psychopathic killer doctor <laughs> called Dr. Giggles who just kills people <laughs> while laughing maniacally. Well, probably giggling maniacally. Yeah. But like, I remember that movie and I remember watching that movie as a kid and it fucked me <laughs> up. There's a scene in that movie, Dr. Giggles, where... Um, the doctor, like he's, he's killing people all willy nilly. He's like, I, he's the, the big bad of the movie. And then at some point, I think he gets shot. Like the doctor gets shot or stabbed or something. And then they just cut to the scene where the doctor has himself splayed out on a table with a hairnet and he's taking out the bullet, like in a, in a surgery that he's performing on himself yeah. all the while he's kind of giggling. And I was like, Oh fuck. And then, then I think it just <laughs> fucked me up for a while. Yeah. It's funny because we had that on VHS cassette tape. And I remember sleeping over at a friend's house. And I was like, dude, we got to watch this movie. And I was like 10. And he was like, yeah. And then his mom came and he was like, what are you guys watching? And it was Dr. Giggles. <laughs> and then she made me turn it off. And then I was not invited back to sleep over at that kid's house. So did you ever finish the movie? Uh, well, I saw the movie previously. I was okay. just trying to get my friend to watch it. and then Oh, like, you were just trying to inflict the same mental anguish yeah, I, that you went through. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is traumatic. I need to inflict this on another friend of mine. All right, listeners, uh, if you have access to The Ring, not not the movie The Ring, but the the actual Ring video, please don't show it to AJ. 
because he's going to make me and David watch it. It's just, it's just going to be re-rolling up into the studio. Like, I know we got an episode tonight, but guys, you got to see this. <laughs> it's like a weird auteur film or something. Yeah. Let's sit down and watch it. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, uh, Jack tries to do surgery on himself after he gets shot. Oh, that's right. I don't remember the context. But so he really he is Dr. Giggles. <laughs> he really is Dr. Giggles. Holy shit. Oh my god, that's that's gotta be like some there's there's something bumping around in the subconscious of Damon Lindelof or something. Like he, he there, caught there's that someone movie. in the writer's room who knows Dr. Giggles. Yeah. And then he's just like, Oh, I just want to sneak in the reference. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I forgot about that Jack yeah. Surgery scene. Somebody ends up knocking him out, right? In that episode. Yeah, I think uh, Juliet does. That's right. That's right. Because he's still struggling to be in control. Uh, that's 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 a lot. Yeah. Um. So uh, going back to what we were saying earlier about uh, you know Australia being a land of magic. Right. One of the things that Isaac says about the great power in the area, he says it could be magnets. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out. That seems to be a through line for this fucking show. <laughs> somebody just, somebody in the writer's room got that uh, and like they just, they held on to it and ran with it. They're like, we're still doing the magnets plot line, right? Like, we're gonna. We're this gonna is, this is what's causing everything, yeah. right? <laughs> magnets. Hey, you know those, those like bracelets with the magnets in it, like the, the MLP sponsors or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, did they make Lost branded ones after this? Because they should have. They should oh, that would have been really good. I um I used to work at the Navy Exchange and be healed um, with the power of the island. <laughs> Holy shit, that would be amazing! Like there, I remember working at the Navy Exchange previously on this island, and there was a. I I used to work at a booth that sold like TV stuff, and next to me was a, another another booth that was selling those bracelets, those those uh those life magnet bracelets. Right. Like, and I could see the guy kind of working um on different ones. He would he would have them stand and then balance themselves and then they'll fall over and then you put his bracelet on and they're like, oh, magically, now they can maintain their, their, their balance. And I remember thinking to myself, like, holy shit, if that guy can sell magnets, I, could, I should sell the shit out of whatever TV stuff yeah. I'm selling over here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I did not have the faith required for those bracelets <laughs> to work. And the thing is, like, people remember them as, like, a fairly newish thing. Right. Like, they're just like, oh, yeah, that was back in, like, 08 or 09 or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember being in high school and then having a magnetic necklace. Because, uh... <laughs> oh, it, shit, I remember those. Yeah, because, it, it, like, I didn't want it because I believed magnets would heal me. Right. I wanted it because it looked like a fat rope chain. <laughs> and... I'm not rich, so I couldn't afford a fat rope chain, (laughs) but I could afford a fat rope of magnets. (laughs) But how was your balance back then? (laughs) Better than it is now. Ah. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. A fat rope chain? A fat rope chain made of magnets. (laughs) (laughs) It's just going to be like store-bought magnets. Mm -hmm. It's just the alphabet in different colors. Oh, man. I, st- I still sometimes think to myself, like, oh, I wish I was rich enough to dress like a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Not like one of the current ones where they wear tight jeans. Oh, yeah, and, and face tattoos. Yeah, no. Like, uh, like fucking Run DMC or LL Cool J. <laughs> I mean, you can buy an Adidas running tracksuit. I still need the fat rope yeah. chain. <laughs> oh, you need, like, that, that weird, 
like fisherman's hat. hat. Yeah, a kangle hat. It would have to be some funky color, maybe like f- fluffy. I, I didn't have any kangle bucket hats, but I used to have a kangle. Uh, you know that uh, the page boy cap. Mm. Oh shit! Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, I used to have one of those. <laughs> I yeah, I used to try to wear one of those. It was like a year while I was trying that, and I didn't. That only ever worked for me. I was just like, yeah, this is, this is gonna make me cool. I got I got my Kangol hat. I got my fat magnet chain. <laughs> I gotta give it up for people that try new hat styles because I'm such not a hat guy. But like, hey man, I I like that people try different shit or they try to like you know they try to they try to affect their look a little bit. Um, I don't no, know. It's well, when, once you find out what works for you, you just stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you figured out what worked for you. Yeah, that's true. I have a coworker that rolls into work with like a I don't know what they're called those paper boy from the 1920s like he's selling newspapers he wears a hat like this to oh, work yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like and almost newsy. every day yeah. yeah like he just he looks like a newsie that's there to install your cable <laughs> it's just it's fine but damn well I mean once he installs your cable he is giving you the news <laughs> right <laughs> he's while well, he's installing your cable I think he has the tendency to scream out extra extra. You know, not read all about yeah. it. Watch all about it. That that should be some networks thing, <laughs> some news network. Yeah. Extra, extra. Watch all about it, <laughs> guys. I think we have to start our own news agency. <laughs> and stand on the corner and wear silly hats. Oh man, I I would start a news agency just for the hats, <laughs> just for only the hats. Did you ever try the uh, those Dr. Seuss hats? Oh shit! I remember those. That's like. That's like they always they always remind me of fucking virtuosity. What's that, what's that goddamn song? Ah. Jamiroquai. Oh, fucking Jamiroquai. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was laughing because I thought I thought you were talking about virtuosity, the movie with <laughs> Denzel and Russell Crowe. <laughs> okay, here's something I know about that movie. You know, there's no kissing scene between Denzel Washington and the main protagonist because he because the the uh, not main protagonist but the uh, the the female heroine because um. They wanted to put a kissing scene in that movie, but de- but uh, he had uh, what you call it? What's his name? Um, Russell Crowe. No, Denzel Washington thought it would be too controversial, so it's just like, yeah, I'll do the movie, but you guys got to take out that kissing scene. <laughs> so in Virtuosity, there's no kissing scene at the end. It's just like a nice, uh, let me save this woman and then leave forever kind of thing. Um, now that I've uh, finally hunted down virtual reality. Or augmented reality, Russell Crowe. I, I gotta say, I fucking love that movie. Like it's 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 whatever, but I love that movie so much. The movie's not very good, but it's not. It, it's fun. It's fun <laughs> as shit. There's a part I remember. Uh, me and my sisters, when we were kids, we were just like walk around the house yelling at each other, boom, 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 kapow. Because there's a scene in that movie that that they're in a wrestling ring or something like that and like russell crowe comes out and they're just chanting this weird chant which is like <laughs> people just pounding on the ground or something like that and they're just going doom, 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 kapow. and i was like the whole thing <laughs> not the greatest catchphrase for for wrestler fans i mean chad you don't but yeah it's no austin 316 david have you ever watched uh, virtuosity i'm trying to think i don't think i have never russell crowe is a serial killer made up of like a thousand other serial killers. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a computer program comprised of all the worst killers. You have like Charles Manson, Ted Bundy, Adolf Hitler, all these guys <laughs> smashed into one. And they, they, they bring also, him into whichever reality. wrestler was also a serial killer. <laughs> one of those. 
Has that ever been a thing? Uh, serial killer characters or wrestlers that were serial killers? Both. Uh, serial killer characters is actually how Stone Cold started. Oh, shit. Like, that was actually what the persona was supposed to be at first. A serial killer? Yeah. He looks so not like a serial killer. Well, that was uh, sort of the thing. Like, he thought that, you know, he'd shave his head and then he has, like, the piercing glare and everything oh, no. that he could be a killer. And then he's just like, yeah, you know, someone who's, like, uh, merciless and cold and uh, that, that that's who I'm going to be. So uh, they're just like, okay, so your new character, you're going to be merciless and cold. Let's call you Mr. Frost. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no. I could have got him so much endorsement deals with Wendy's. The icicle. <laughs> not that kind of cold. <laughs> uh, as far as real wrestlers that have killed people, only one that comes to my mind is Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Oh, wait. What's the story on this? Uh, he killed his wife or his girlfriend oh, or something. Oh, shit. I yeah. see. There's also another one who killed his wife and kid or something recently. Oh, yeah. Uh, recently? But that was, he, that was a serious... Uh, yeah, that was uh, like murder suicide. Yeah, oh, shit. that's Chris Benoit. He was my favorite wrestler up until oh, he did my that. God. After that, well, uh, after he did that and a day, he was my favorite wrestler because <laughs> we didn't find out until like two yeah. days later. Oh, my gosh. And it's just like, well, I guess I need to uh, revise my list yeah, yeah. of who my favorites are. Yeah. Did you guys happen to catch that that last week tonight um, uh, segment, new segment that they covered on wrestling? Yeah. Last yes. Week? Uh, yeah. I like that segment, and that is super fucked up. What's happening within the wrestling world? Yeah, the the it's been a going concern for a while. Uh, hopefully, mainstream attention will do something that'll help. Yeah, that'll be kind of interesting. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. What's Give your... people health insurance, Vince. Yeah. What's your take on McMahon? Do you think he's going to cave to? No. Never. No. What? Is he? He seems like such a like. He seems, seems like, like such, such a, a fucking psychopath. Yeah. What is his fucking deal? Like, he seems like he's like he's his character, sort of? Like, well, that, that's the thing. The character is supposed to be an exaggeration of himself. So what is he like regularly? Like he, Crazy? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. not screaming as much. But... He's, he's a roided up 80-year-old. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Like, he, he is a guy who gets incredibly angry like angry enough to fight someone every time he sneezes i saw that i saw that 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 interview they had on uh, last week tonight where he's like sitting with a reporter and he's like well that was because that guy was questioning him i'm saying when he sneezes it upsets him Jeez. because that is a lack of control over his body uh, how, how are you gonna be a billionaire and like in, and like have that kind of what, uh, impulse control issue <laughs> like Man, like, I, I kind of feel like uh, in order to be a billionaire, yeah. you have to be a little bit of a psychopath. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Like, there's nobody that goes like, I have, I have a, I have a hundred million, but how can I get a whole bunch more? Because <laughs> I mean, like, uh, if you look at Bill Gates, like nowadays he's known more for his charity work, but. Uh, I I still remember when he was building the Windows Empire, which was based off of uh, either burying his competition or buying them out and burying them. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no way for you to ascend to that kind. Like Jeff Bezos has got to. He's got to be like a murderer. You can make a couple million yeah. and still be like an okay guy. Yeah. yeah. Once you get to the billion level, <laughs> it's just like. You you had to be fucking some people over to get yeah. this amount of money. Yeah, you just yeah. can't make that much money without having to crush somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's like... why I I don't think that Elon Musk is uh, Tony Stark. Yeah, I think he's Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder. Like, 
What else? Who's another billionaire? Like, what about J.K. Rowling? Do you think she's had, like, she's got a Is few she a bodies? billionaire? She's got to be, I'm assuming. No? I don't, I don't know. know. We, we, guys, this research, this podcast is research, but we're going to try <laughs> and figure it out right now. The net worth of J.K. Rowling. But, I don't know. Like, I, I would imagine, I don't know. I can't think of anyone that's, that, yeah, you're right. I can't think of anybody that's, that's, that's over a billion dollars in net worth, and they're just like... You know, now maybe like what, like you mentioned, with Bill, Bill Gates. He's one on. billion, just a straight oh. billion. Yeah, that that's J.K. Rowling's net worth. Damn, this is like basically impossible for almost all authors, yeah. especially in today's world. But but damn, well, it certainly hasn't helped her writing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said it. <laughs> Fantastic Beast is not that good. Oh man, yeah. I never read any Harry Potter books because it came out when I was in like. Eighth grade or whatever. So you were just the right amount of too old for it? Yeah. Where you're just like, no, that shit's for babies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you never got into any of the Harry Potter no. stuff? I've yeah. seen a couple of movies, but I, mean, I don't... Yeah, I, it, it took me until I was like almost 30 before yeah. I could read it. Oh. Because I was... Because I, I was... <clears throat> I believe I was a sophomore or a junior mm-hmm. when the first book came out. Right. So, like you, I was like, no, that's for babies. I can't read that. Once I got to about 30, I'm just like, I can read stuff for babies. I don't care. Are you going to judge me? Most 30-year-olds don't even read. Yeah. Hey, she should be happy I'm reading a book mm-hmm. instead, of... instead of just blogs. Yeah. I swear to God, I remember when that when the, the Harry Potter craze caught on i just um i just never i think it just missed me and i, I never went, like i tried to watch like maybe the first well, remember movie. we are all about the same age. yeah yeah so it just it can't like same thing like I, I think i was just too old for it but then like um i tried to watch like maybe the first movie a, a bunch of years later after they had already concluded everything and then i was just like well, i think i don't i don't know if this is for me but you know i, I know it's got a big following people love it i just i never got yeah. a chance to really settle into it and get into it or really yeah it just wasn't wasn't my cup of tea even after the fact also when you read it as an adult you're just like wow everyone's kind of a fucking asshole (laughs) (laughs) wait what's a skinny what's your what's your quick like few minute version of of dumbledore's an asshole (laughs) well now that we know he's gay we shouldn't call him (laughs) i'm not calling him a fag That's what I heard that they that she retroactively put that in, right? No. Uh, yeah, she retroactively has been saying like, oh yeah, Dumbledore, super gay, yeah. totally gay. <laughs> Representation in books, Dumbledore being gay. Yeah. Hey, you know what doesn't happen in the books? Dumbledore doing anything gay. <laughs> like, you don't see him <laughs> sweating to the 80s yeah. with, uh, with uh, what's his name? Richard yeah. Simmons. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, it's all like retroactive stuff that she's added in. When people complain about representation, which doesn't make her a bad person, but she's a billionaire, so you know, maybe not that great either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going back to that to to that flashback scene with with Rose, and we we're kind of talking about her meeting with the uh, with the faith healer. There's a line that she says twice. Like um, I, I'm just like looking down in my notes, but she says, "I'm going to tell him you fix me." And then she says it again, like right after that. Mm-hmm. You can kind of, I think that's that's also part of the soul crush and in, in her disappointment that the faith healer doesn't even attempt to offer her or even give her like a, a like one of those false hopes, like yeah, you're cured now, and pulls out some chicken gizzards or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? And none of that happens. <laughs> um, 
Well, do you think he's he's a real faith healer, or was he a fake like the other guy? Oh, we don't know much about this guy. Yeah. And well, we it'd just... be weird to be a fake and refuse to help people. Yeah, yeah. There's there there is something to that. Like he he offers to give the money back. Um, that's that's what convinced me that he has real healing powers. Yeah. Holy shit! See, that's another thing. Now you have these healing powers. Say you are the genuine article. Like, is it? It, maybe this brings into the question of morals. Is it morally right to charge for your ability to heal people? What do you guys think? I think it's morally right to try to charge. Yeah. I, I think that you you can't morally uh, refuse to help people that can't pay. Yeah. But if they can... Huh. That's, yeah. a, that's a decent yeah, argument. Mm-hmm. Bills. Yeah. Because yeah, we see Bernard outside playing with the little girl in the crutches... And like, she's she's brown skinned, so I think it's implying that she's there and can't afford it. But she's able to because white people are paying ten thousand dollars a pop. Oh, yeah, that's what I got from him. Okay, we don't I even know what he's doing with the money either. Yeah. Yeah. Like he could be like taking a very small cut and giving the rest to charity. I he think... could be giving it to some of the. Uh, kids that like come by and they're like oh sir i'm going to die and he's like not only are you not going to die here's nine thousand dollars <laughs> oh nice i think he's using that money to hire an artisan to put up all those crutches and to make a collage <laughs> on his wall yeah. uh, that money gets put right back into his his den of healing yeah well with a gift as powerful as his it would be a shame for him to be up on a ladder hanging a crutch on the ceiling <laughs> and then fall off and die oh, yeah shit can't heal yourself (laughs) (laughs) his energy wouldn't have allowed that yeah that 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 does raise some questions but yeah i don't know i would i I don't think we've seen enough of this guy but um yeah but the the wanting to return the donation seems like a big tell what this guy was do we get like from from our vantage point is there any other genuine faith healers that that come across in the show later that we remember because i can't think of any except for not really yeah just start all, all, all of our, our losses with there. Yeah. Well, when they go to the temple, like Dogen and, and the hippie guy, they have that pool that oh. will bring you back from the dead. But that's But different. take your soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll fill your heart with darkness. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right, well, what was it that Saeed said? Wrapping up. Uh, I can't feel anything yeah, anymore. Yeah, like, feels okay. empty. I can't feel anything. Okay. When, when you said fill your heart with darkness, I was just like, I thought he was numb. Was yeah. He, was he angry? Yeah, he was like in a. It was like neutral. I think they took him afterwards, and like they were gonna test him on that table to see whether or not he was evil. He was evil. Yeah, there was yeah. a scale involved. Something. Yeah, if he weighs as much as two ducks, yeah. he's evil or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're supposed to give him that poison. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, it's time to start wrapping up. Easter egg time. Yeah, Easter egg time. Easter egg. Bazango. Yeah. So we got Locke when he's sitting at the computer. There's an Apollo bar there. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose and Bernard when he's helping her get her car out of the snow. That's in front of O'Toole's Irish pub down oh. in Chinatown. Which I don't know where that snow came from. There's an interesting story there. No, they probably knocked over Wyola Shave Ice or something. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be a lot of Shave Ice. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah they, that looked really hard to do. Like, just from a practical standpoint, yeah. if they're doing that here, like, they had to have all their... their other folks, other DPs and EPs, like, I need, you guys need to get some Grind snow. Grind more here. ice. <laughs> Don't like, stop. We're flying in these snow machines from <laughs> LA. 
It's like <laughs> these twenty thousand dollar yeah. machine. There's like five machines they bring in, <laughs> just to generate ice. Yeah. When Bernard gets everyone together and starts explaining to them how he's going to make the sign, Judy Chamnus is there. Yeah, Judy. But she's not there after that because she didn't buy whatever he was selling, I guess. Yeah. Bye, Judy. Oh, uh, <laughs> one, one, one last thing about the show. Rose got some real good comebacks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. She's sassy sometimes. She's so sassy. <laughs> like, I, I love that uh, uh, Bernard's just like, well, if you had supported me, they would have believed me. She's like, mm, I think it's a management problem. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that was a gong. That was a definite gong. That was good. Especially because uh, uh, we could see throughout the episode, Bernard, not a people guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, that. that's why he's a dentist. <laughs> not a doctor. <laughs> no bedside manner. Yeah. Worse than Jack. Yeah. So it is weird, though. He gets everyone together to, like, make the sign. And, like, people are, like, totally not into it. But it's like, what are they doing with their lives all day they're like oh making a sign that could maybe get us saved is not a thing they would even try to do right well rose said everyone's building something yeah or bernard says that yeah is that church being built something else being built somewhere everyone's trying to build something yeah 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 i I find yeah that that is fascinating too because um at the end of this season and into the third season things go sideways of course it always goes sideways but we have there essentially season i'm (laughs) <laughs> they like they just they basically they've they've settled into building a society here and <laughs> I we don't see, see what you go- did there <laughs> i see what you did i see what you did too holy shit uh, that was good we're not gonna go sideways until the very end you guys yeah but yeah but they, they, people are just picking up it's very strange seems like that's part of the human condition too they're like oh we'll just it, you know, yeah so i wonder with- how long i would be stranded on an island before i'm like okay well this is my life now is it 48 days because these motherfuckers have been on this <laughs> island for 48 yeah. goddamn days i cannot forget about my entire <laughs> like 30 whatever years yeah. of life prior to being on this island in 48 fucking days <laughs> jesus like what what that that's a pretty good question when when do you give up hope yeah 60 day mark <laughs> after like three months i'm like oh okay i get it i feel like as soon as someone gets killed by the smoke monsters when i'm just like well i guess we're probably gonna die here <laughs> <laughs> i think it at the smoke monster moment i would be like okay we need to try more things to get saved yeah but then the time when we have a church and a pantry full of food then it's like okay i guess we have a life here Okay, I know we're wrapping up, but that kind of this that that whole idea is it it just ties into human nature and at its core well not at its core but human nature sorta where the idea is just as long as you have what makes you comfortable as long as you have your faith as long as you have your pantry stock full of food and you could give a shit about most other things you know what I mean like all that stuff as long as you have all your basic needs met which is the entire goal of man since the dawn you know like uh it seems like they get relatively lazy so they're not in a state of struggle at this point they're in a state of like rebuilding and reconstruction and church building and getting a bunch of food delivered that's fresh off of some fucking parachute drop you know yeah. it's crazy that's all yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh uh one last easter egg mm. and uh again uh, there's an airport scene, oh, which yeah. is shot at Honolulu Convention That's Center, right. yeah. or Hawaii Convention Center. What's it called? Hawaii Convention Center, right? Okay, yeah, yeah Hawaii yeah, Convention yeah. Center. This one, uh, they actually do take the time to try and make it look like a different airport, yeah. though. They shot in a different part of the convention yeah. center. 
It wasn't right next to the escalators <laughs> like they always do. It was upstairs, yeah. past the escalators. So what have you guys been getting lost in? Uh, just so that we uh, sort of date stamp this episode, one of the things that I've been getting lost in is hype for WrestleMania weekend. Mm. Uh, I am super excited about WrestleMania coming up this weekend. Uh, WrestleMania is the part that excites me the least. But WrestleMania weekend, it means that other wrestling companies are also going to be putting on their big shows like uh, uh, the G1 Supercard with Ring of Honor and New Japan. Uh, WWE's trading division NXT is going to be putting on a match. Uh, it's all going to be so much fun. I love professional wrestling. I've tried to do a podcast about it twice. <laughs> nice. Um, Are they still available if someone wants to go listen to them? Probably not. Oh. Um, I've been getting lost. Do you lost. still have them if someone wants to just like, directly ask That's them a good them? question. Yes. So tweet at Chad if you want to. Come get that. If you want to hear some of that Lucha <laughs> con ha ha. <laughs> Or, or How many as, did you guys do? Do you remember? Uh, I think we did eight episodes of the first run, and we did uh, five episodes of the second mm. run. Nice. So, not a lot. Oh, get it, folks. I give happen. up pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been getting lost in, um, for work. Actually, we, I, was, I was just telling you guys literally, we had some this ladder training stuff um but yeah i've been getting lost in ladder training so <laughs> for my for my secular work i do a lot of ladder work or climbing like 30 foot poles and telephone poles and stuff like that so um but yeah do you guys do like races and stuff up and down the ladders we don't but there are there are a few uh there's a i think there's a couple of what they call um rodeos here and then i think they huh. actually have like championships in the mainland wow. so there's like uh the championships involve like what they call down guys so if there's a guy on the pole maybe he gets shot then he gets stuck up there right. there's a whole procedure where there's a second guy that goes up and then brings him down so there's a whole rodeo in the mainland where there's a times there's a timed relay race where guys will whoever can get to the top fastest and come down with a dummy that's right. attached to the top of this telephone pole, um, you know, gets like bragging rights and probably wins yeah. a prize or something like that. But yeah, they call it like I think they call it the telephone pole wow. rodeo. So it's just amount of speed and some of these guys they they use um, they use ladders to climb. Other guys they have um, they have spiked heels on their their feet right. um, and they call those gaps and they use that to to gap and sometimes. That's not the only option here on the island because some telephone poles are like in the backyard and it's mm. almost impossible to bring a ladder in the back there. So, so that gaffing skill is super helpful. When, but, when you guys are doing your uh, ladder championships, do you ever just hang a belt <laughs> <laughs> and then have two guys try and climb up and see who gets it first? There's a, it's called a ladder match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's actually a death cage <laughs> comes into play. Nice. No, no but, cell. <laughs> No, I, I I haven't seen any of those events here. I'm pretty sure they might have had a few, but you but should I, totally just start one. <laughs> I'd be so terrible. Like I, I'm, I'm like I'm mediocre at best on the ladder. So. Well, you, you don't have to. You don't have to be the the champion. You can, you can be the power behind the throne. Yeah, yeah I can be the organizer. Of yeah, these you're events. the promoter. You, you'll you'll be the Vince McMahon of uh, cable ladder match. I will not pay any of the ladder climbers anything. No mm -hmm. benefits. They're all no independent contractors. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what I've been getting lost in. I've been getting lost in uh, it's a show on Amazon Prime. Called, it's called something along the lines of like the giant beast that is the economy or something like that. It's uh, it's got Cal Penn from uh, uh, Harold and Kumar goes a White Castle. 
And also from working in the White House. Yeah, also from working in the White House. He brings that up in every episode. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cal Penn. Yeah. You may remember me from working in the Obama administration. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about like the global economy and how it works. And like the first episode's about money laundering and how you would actually do it and like how drug dealers and stuff do it and how like billionaires do all their money Wait, laundering. Is, is it like a step-by-step guide? Kind of, yeah. Oh, shit. It tells you how they do it, yeah. yeah what did, so, what, what could, have you seen? Could we start laundering money with uh, the Ladder Federation? <laughs> yeah, we could. I think the, the first step is to have a bunch of money. To, you need oh, to we're on our way there. Yeah. We're not paying any of these radio guys anything. They're they're independent contractors, yeah. and as soon as they hurt themselves, that's it. <laughs> but yeah, the second episode is about rich dicks, and so that is kind of what we were talking about earlier. Let me think of that. Nice. This, that sounds like a rap yeah. group made up of a bunch of uh, white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah, it's mostly white dudes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just imagining like three white dudes with like polo shirts, and <laughs> big stunner shades. Yeah. Rich dicks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess this 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 happily brings us to our next segment. Uh, next time on our episode's title is actually entitled Dave. Yeah. Well, I think that I'm going to meet someone new who dies. Someone named Dave. All right. Well, what's Dave like, you may ask? Well, Dave's kind of a putz, (laughs) and that's why he dies. Dave's not here, man. (laughs) I'll be great. Well, so last week, you not last week, two weeks ago, your prediction was right for the following episode, since we had seen it already. Oh, oh, yeah, Yeah. the one where I cheated. Yeah. The one where I saw into the future. Yes. You saw into the year 2000. So. In the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Um, oh, yeah. Lost Ladness is still going on. Yeah. I think. We are, we are maybe in the week. sweet yeah. 16. Uh, so. Or maybe the finals right now. We'll have to do the math. <laughs> well, uh, currently, we're, Next week. we are yes. in time. <laughs> we're in sweet 16. Where you are listening to us is probably different. Yeah. Wow. Well, check out our Twitter at WhatBroPod and find out if it's still happening or not. And if it is, vote, damn it. Yeah. Vote, folks. And if it's not, let us know what you thought about who the Hunky Slab was. P. Diddy. Vote or die. (laughs) That's not what Diddy sounds like. (laughs) I could have swore. I don't fucking know what Diddy sounds like. I could have swore Diddy was in the studio tonight, yo. (laughs) You don't know what Diddy sounds like either. Shut up. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I think a giant fur coat and glasses just walked out of our door. All right, now you do a Diddy impersonation. Uh, it, it's hard out here for... Nope, that's not him. That's not him at all. Um, uh, good Diddy impression. Uh, I need more lip gloss. I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do it. I like how we all just get weirdly breathy when we're trying to do a Diddy impersonation. I need more lip gloss. Yeah. Well, what you got, dude? That's probably closer. That is... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, follow me on Instagram at what robot. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> also, Facebook. Oh. See, come on, listeners. You guys, you guys, you guys get involved with us for loss. You stick around for the P. Diddy impressions. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> it's not even summer yet, but we got the madness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and telling people about the show. And we'll we'll see you next week. It's another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost.